Hi, good morning, everybody. This is August 17, 2015, and I want to welcome you all to our first uh, week of our uh, leadership development program hosted by uh, myself, Thomas Miller, and uh, our organization, Leaders Building Leaders. Our mission is to be the difference maker in the leadership development of individuals and organizations. This is extremely exciting. Every Monday, we will have a uh, mentoring call, and it will start with a you know, 20 to 30 minute teaching, and then we will uh, finish off the call with any questions or concerns you may have, any things that you need to have a, uh, a thought partner with, some things that you might be struggling with as a, a school leader. This, there will be uh, lots of folks on the phone call, so, uh, you know, you cannot, you cannot accomplish everything alone, so it's great to have a team around you who can help you think through some of those more uh, difficult aspects. Well, so as I mentioned in the email, uh, you know, these calls will be recorded. Um, so they'll be recorded for the teaching, um, and then we will archive all the teaching. So if your uh, fellow school leaders are not able to attend the call live, they can always uh, get to it during their time. Um, that's one of our goals. And then we'll have a follow-up call every Thursday at 2 o'clock as well, a, another um, a partnership call that is really focused on, on, on you and your uh, strategic um, decision-making, uh, there won't be any teaching on the call. It'll basically just be an open Q&A session uh, for you um, so you can make the most of your time if you're having any you know, concerns or issues, again, that you want a teaching partner with. Um, we are glad to be that partner with you, um, us and whoever else is on the phone call for that day. As you may or may not know, I was a charter school principal for uh, three years in Brunswick County at Charter Day School, and then I spent three years in the Office of Charter Schools as well as a statewide consultant. And uh, during my time as a principal, I, was, um, I had the opportunity to sit in and embed myself in five of the top public charter schools in North Carolina and wrote my dissertation, The Characteristics of Effective Charter Schools, which has really catapulted me into many opportunities. And it was really my first eye-opening leadership-lit experience. When I talk about leadership-lit, we all have a lid on our leadership ability. And until we identify um, those criteria that will help us build our own leadership capacity, we will always have that lid on us and the, and the organization. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And we need to ensure that we as school leaders have, have outlets and we're partnering up and mentoring around and you know, getting as much support as we can as possible as public charter schoolers because sometimes we find ourselves on an island and we don't always have that person to call. So being part of this program, you will always have someone to call, either my colleague Jess Korski or I. Uh, we will be available to you via email or phone call anytime that you have anything uh, um, you know, uh, going on because we know what it's like to be stuck in that in that office or in that closet space or in that empty room, churning through a law book or just something to help us make a decision um, that is very, very uh, difficult to our organization. So we want to be there for you at all times. So fantastic. Let me get started with the teaching. And, and uh, you know, like I said, one of the first you know, aspects I wanted to talk about is what does it mean to be the difference maker in your organization? As a leader, you are the difference maker, right? You are the individual who every day everybody looks up to to help them grow personally and professionally. Um, you're in charge of overseeing, you know, maybe thousands of students, which means thousands of parents, 
and millions of dollars of taxpayer money, um, student and safety security, but also you are the organization. You're the face of the organization. So it's important. These are three things that I've learned over the last year that are critical, I believe, in being the difference maker in your organization because we got to do things completely differently, right? If we always do the same things and expect the uh, same or uh, different results, that's the, that is the uh, definition of insanity, right? To do the same thing over and over and expect different results. So in order for us to really build leadership capacity, we have to do things differently. We have to do things differently as charter school leaders and leaders of our organization. So the number one you know, piece, and, and with all these, we have to wake up each day being intentional, right? You've got to be intentional to make change. So the first piece that I talked about that I want to talk about is know who your people are, right? Know who your people are. And the first key to knowing who your people are are to listen to understand, not just to reply. Right, being present for them in conversation, becoming a better listener is more than simply just avoiding the habit of interrupting their conversation. Right, being a great listener, being in the moment, being able to clear what is running through your head, because as leaders, we have a million things going through our head at times through the organization. We have a place to go, a place to be, someone to talk to, something to accomplish. And we always, you know, we tend to get stopped by students or teachers or board members or parents. And it's very difficult to always be present for them in that time. Being a great listener is being content to listen to the entire thoughts of someone rather than just waiting in patiently for your opportunity for them to, for you to respond. It's seeing it from their lens. If someone's going to stop you in the hallway, and we all know that the teachers have to have outstanding ideas, if, if, if they're going to stop you, it has to be important to them. And sometimes we need to look at them and be very honest and authentic and say, you know, I want to be fully present for this conversation because I know this is going to be critical to our organization and your success. Can you schedule a time with you know, the office administrator? Can you schedule a time with me on my calendar so we can talk about it and I can fully be there for you? Learning how to do that is a critical piece to making a connection with your people. It gives you an opportunity letting them know that they are important. And you want to make sure that you hear what they have to say. It's not always possible, but it's a great habit to start. Think about the best connectors in your life. They're, they were incredible listeners. Right? They asked you incredible questions based upon they were you know, listening to you. And that's why you gravitated towards them, because you felt connection with them. How do we build that capacity in ourselves, in our organization. Too many people treat communication as a race, right? A race to communicate, a race to get it out there. But everybody communicates, but few know how to connect. It takes incredible energy, it's extremely stressful, 
just to stay on the edge of your seat and, and not want to just spout, you know, back out, right? Not to tell them a story of how you did the same thing or even trump their story. You want that healthy conflict conversation in your organization. You don't want to surround yourself with individuals that are yes men, yes women. You want to be able to have team leadership meetings in which everybody, you can sit around the table and ask them, hey, what do you think? And really be open and present to them. Because everybody on your team, if you've built them correctly, if you've built your team correctly as a team that completes and not a team that competes, they're going to be looking at different aspects of your school. And if you put them in situations to see those aspects, communicate, and be effective in your role, they're, they're, they will be key to the success of the entire organization. You can't build the leadership capacity of your the organization without taking time to build and empower all of your people. The second part about knowing who your people are is to know their gifts are. As I just mentioned, great leaders surround themselves with a team that completes, not a team that competes. So you've got to know your people's gifts, no matter who they are, from your assistant principals or your principals, your leadership team members, your exceptional children's director, all the way down to your custodial staff. Know their gifts, and you've got to be able to release them from their weakness. Do not put people in jobs that they are not prepared for. It always makes me think about how charter schools are, are this, you know, fast boat, right? We are able to be agile and turn on the time and shift and do things completely differently. Yet the majority of the schools that I walk through don't look much different from a traditional public school, right? You've got your elementary teacher that, you know, maybe teaches um, all four of the core subjects. They're really great at teaching math, but they have to teach language arts, they have to teach social studies, they have to teach science. All right, then they've got their recess duty, and they've got their lunch duty, and they've got their morning and their afternoon duty. So if their greatest strength is teaching math, how often do they actually do it per day? 45 minutes? Maybe an hour? Why couldn't we do it differently and really departmentalize and find the strengths of all of our teachers? What if you put a math teacher in and all they did is teach math all day? That filled their heart. They could, they could teach math in first, all the first and second grade classes. You build your schedule better. Right? Release them from their weaknesses. We have to be careful about just uh, hiring to fill a position. We've got to hire the right people. Another critical aspect about knowing what their what their gifts are is you got to check in. Checking with your people daily, just you know, little things. How are you doing? Know, know what is going on in their personal lives to a point. Okay? I love using the form model. Form, family, right? occupation, recreation, and mission. If any time you're having a conversation, you meet someone new or whatever, you, you know, use the form model. And that way you start to kind of build that bridge. You start to find out how, hey, you and I are alike. You and I are alike in these ways. We have the same mission, but we but we look at things completely differently. You you complete me. 
by seeing it differently. You complete me by telling me as a leader of this organization what, what things need to be differently based upon your perception and how you see them. Here's a percentage that I found. If, if, if you could take your employees and if you could put and ensure that 80% of their day is in their strength zone, and whatever their strength zone might be, and 15% might be in their learning zone. What are you teaching them how to do better? What are they learning how to do better? And, and limit their time to only 5% outside of their strength um, of their strength zone. That, that will be critical to your organization. And 0% of their time in their weakness zone. And I'll talk about weakness. Uh, you know, I know what, what my weaknesses are. Um, you know, definitely one of my top weaknesses is, is just finishing off a project, crossing every T and you're dotting every I and just really, really going for that, you know, extra mile so everything's, you know, uh, cleaned up. It's, it's not one of my strengths. And I know that. So I have to surround myself with it, with individuals that are very detail-oriented, right? Individuals who will come back to me and say, well, if we do that, you know, what are some of the unintended consequences? What are some things that may not work out? Right? I need that from somebody. I remember when, when I was in the office of charter schools and I was, I was asked to write the best practices articles. I loved getting with school leaders, learning about their initiatives, what they do, what they're great at, why their schools are so great, and, 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 and how it's changing the face of the community they serve. Love doing all that. Love building an outline. Love getting, you know, to talk about it. I loathed writing the actual technical article. It took me forever. It, it sucked the life out of me. It would have been great if I would have worked with a teammate who loved to write, who loved to take my ideas and take them to the next level. That would have been fantastic. We probably would have had a lot more articles and a lot more great stuff out there for other charter school leaders to read, but that just wasn't the model at the time. But if you think about that, who in your organization loves to do the real nitty-gritty spreadsheets and just like the technical organization stuff, you know, there are folks that love doing that. Find them, surround yourself with them so they can complete you, right? The things that you're not great at, it's okay to find others who are. You need to surround yourself and be humble enough to say, you know what, that these are some things that we need as an organization that I can't provide at, at the highest level. Very, very important. To wrap up this knowing who your people are, but we also need to think about our communication practices. Communication goes well beyond the words you use. In fact, research shows that actually only 7% of communication is the actual words you use. 38% is your, is your um, tone of voice, and 55% is your body language. So think about that. The next time you're having a conversation with someone and they want to be and you're trying to be present in a conversation. How do you look? How are you standing? Are you looking over their shoulders? Are you looking at your cell phone? When you're sitting at your desk, are you playing with the items on your desk? Are you sitting behind your desk? Is a large, you know, wide? I mean, really think about the atmosphere. I mean, that's a, 
that's an incredible um, you know, fact that 7% is only the words that we use. What about you're having a conversation with a parent on the phone? You lose the body language piece, right? So the tone of voice is so critical. How is your tone of voice? Is it soft? Is it loud? Do folks find it intimidating? They find you just nice to talk to? I mean, what is it? Have an accountability partner and ask. If you're trying to get better at some aspects, you know, say, hey, when I'm, you know, when we're talking together, what are some things that you think about? You know, do you think that I'm there for you? Do you think that I'm listening to you? And you need to find an accountability partner that will be honest with you. Have lunch with your team. Invite people one-on-one in, you know, in your office, asking questions. Where do you see yourself in three to five years? Find out what they want to do. The greatest part about charter school leadership, one of the best practices in my dissertation, you know, that I found was the best schools uh, promote from within, right? They provide expanded professional opportunities within your organization. And the great part about you don't need to go to college to get your master's, to have an administrative degree, or to be, um, you know, some of these other aspects in leadership in charter schools. Find out what they want to do and find out how their passion can better your organization. Ask great questions. Good questions inform, but great questions will transform you. All right, let's go to number two. Multiply your leadership. You cannot do it alone. Otherwise, you all would have already accomplished it. Right? You can't do it alone. you got to build a team around you. Really think about who do you spend the most time with trying to get better at their job? Is it the top of your organization or is it the bottom of your organization? If you're like me, I found myself spending most of my time with the bottom of my organization, trying to get them to be better, to be as equal or close to my best teachers, right, or my best organizational staff. And what I've learned over the last year is that you need to multiply your leadership at the top. You need to spend 80% of your time with the top 20% of your organization. Constantly feeding them information, constantly empowering them, teaching them how to grow. There should be no secrets. Leaders need to give up the right to withhold any information. What have you learned lately? What are you reading? Be a river, not a reservoir. Constantly pour into your top 20%. Be intentional about it. Wake up every day. Who am I going to add value to today? And create a list. Folks, I need to add value to. How can I do it? What does that mean to them? How can I grow them? Be intentional. Every time you read something new or learn something new, you go to a workshop or whatever it might be, ask yourself three questions. How will I apply this in my life? What will I change because of what I learned? And who will I teach it to? And who are you going to teach it to? Constantly be a river. Because there's no success in your organization without a successor. Your job is to build the next leaders of your organization. Your job is to build the next leaders of charter schools in general. Education in general. Changing communities, changing lives. That's why you got into education. 
empower your people. I use this model that I learned from John Maxwell a lot, the three R's, right, the three R's. As a leader, we need to know what is required of us, what does the organization get the greatest return at, and what do we get the greatest reward from, right? What brings the greatest reward? The first piece, what is required of us, right? So we're all accountable we're all accountable for the work that we do to someone, whether it's the board or or you know, maybe the, the head of school if you're one of the assistant principals on the call. At at home we have required responsibilities. So one question to ask yourself is what must I do that nobody can or should do for me and for our organization? What are what are the top things that you as a school leader need to do? Right? If it's something that's necessary but not required of you personally, then you need to delegate. So we'll talk about a model of that in a second. Let's look to the second R. What gives the greatest return? And I haven't talked deeply about it, but the 2080 principle, the Pareto principle, you know, 20% or 80% of our outcomes come from, you know, 20% of our input, right? So 80% of our revenue comes from 20% of our customers or 80% of our um, parent volunteer hours probably comes from 20% of your overall parent volunteers in the school. And so there's always this 80-20 principle going. So what gives the greatest return in your organization? So if there's something that can be done 80% as well as you can, then someone else should be doing it. Right? If you've got something on your list, on your daily list, that someone else in your organization can do as 80% as well as you can, you need to delegate it. Leaders need to understand that activity is not necessarily accomplishment. Right? You need to focus on your priorities. What are the top 20% issues of your organization? That's what, at all times, you should be focused on. Anything else should be able to delegate it. And the last one, the last R is reward. What brings the greatest reward? This is all about personal satisfaction, right? What 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 grows your heart? What fills what fills and fuels you on a daily basis? Life's too short not to be doing something you love to do. Right? So when I think about the things I don't love to do, that's that five percent. That's that stuff that's not in my strength zone. But everything else, building lessons, working with school school principals coaching, developing professional development. I love doing it. I love it. The little things like invoicing and budgeting and, and, and you know, some prospecting, that's, that, that's not really in, you know, in my passion zone. But I have to do some of it. But I need to surround myself with individuals who, who, who really help with those shortcomings. So what, so what rewards you? you know, I want you to think about that. Why do you wake up every day? What's your mission? What's your mission in life? You should know that. What's your mission? Follow the law of the few, the 80-20 principle. We talked about that. You should be laser, laser focused on the top 20%. So when you delegate, so I want to get to this uh, delegation model, okay? When you don't delegate, you are the lid on your organization. You're the leadership lid. You are containing the organization because you refuse to delegate 
because it's gonna it's a trust issue, whatever it is. You are the lid. You are the one keeping the organization down. So there's five steps. Five steps to uh, delegation. Step number one is I do it, right? I do it as the leader. Step number two is I do it, and you're with me. I'm demonstrating, right? I'm demonstrating you. I'm demonstrating how it's done, how I like it done, how the organization works best. Step three is you do it, and I watch. That's the coaching. You're coaching them through it. Step number four is you do it alone. I've empowered you. And you've probably made it better. Step number five, this is where multiplication takes place. You, that person that you taught, they teach others. So step one, I do it. Step two, I do it, and you're with me. Step number three, you do it, and I watch you. Step number four, you do it alone. And step number five, you teach others. That is what makes the difference. Don't be the lid on your organization's leadership. And number three, our last piece, the last piece that I learned, the last piece of the teaching for today is hire A-level people. This was fascinating to me. I was reading this in the book, What Great Principles Do Differently by Todd Whitaker, and, and, and he blew me away with this. It's very, very simple aspect that he said a level leaders hire a level people b level leaders hire c level people what that means is that b level leaders are not confident enough to hire people that are better than they are and honestly if you're a great leader and you understand leadership you you want to be the dumbest person in the room when you sit around your leadership table. You want to, if you come up with all the ideas at your leadership meeting, that's a problem. You need to surround yourself with folks with incredible attitude and competency. Not necessarily that their IQ is high. Focus on attitude and competency, not necessarily IQ. I can is more important than IQ. Definitely hire based upon leadership capacity. Where do you see this person in a few years? How can they help the organization more than just what they might be teaching this year or what they're bringing in year one? I remember when I was a principal, we would sit down and we would get these uh, resumes that would be teach, teach for America folks or, 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 or we'd see someone who had you know, many, many aspects on their resume, maybe like six jobs in 10 years, whatever it was. And a lot of times we'd say those those were red flags. Odds are they're not going to be with very long. But the more that I think about it, you know, I learned from Joy Warner at Community School of Davidson where uh, university professors will take a year off, you know, sabbatical uh, to teach at the school so their kids could get into it, right? Community School of Davidson is one of the best schools we had. And she used to think about it. said, even if I only have them for one year, the influence that they are going to build in my school and, and provide not only my staff, but the children and the benefits are completely worth it. All right, so you have to think about that. What benefit will they bring to the organization? How will they blow up the leadership capacity? What, 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 you know, what things, what tools are they
they going to bring that are not there? It's very important to think about. Hire based on leadership capacity, not just personality. Hire the right people, not just fill in the right position. Again, go back to that first thought I had about, well, you know, I need a third grade teacher, so I'm hiring a third grade teacher. Right? I want licensed people. You know, there's a lot of licensed teachers out there that aren't very good. I'm not saying always go and hire unlicensed people, but you certainly want to be finding individuals that really grow your team, right? Jim Collins is good to great, always talked about firing your worst employee every year, no matter what. And you're always looking to get to that next level. What skills and assets are we lacking? What types of inventories are you are you doing to say we we really need this skill in our organization? This is not going to happen overnight. It takes time and it takes intentional practice. But most importantly, you need to find out what are the gift zones, what are the dreams, you know, what what the, uh, makes your people's hearts uh, sing, what makes them cry, what makes them laugh. Zig Ziglar said, if you help other people get what they want, you'll find that they help you get what you want. Take the time to get to know them, pour into them, and be focused on putting the right people in the right positions, driving the bus in the right direction. Those critical aspects of what I've learned over this last year um, and reflected upon, I know can help you as a public charge school leader. So that is my teaching for today. Um, I am going to open up the queue. So how this works, you know, basically if you want to, you know, comment or ask a question or, uh, you know, talk, you hit um, star six on your phone. You hit star six and then the number one, it'll get you in the queue and, and we can talk a little bit more about the teachings or anything that, you know, you may agree, you may disagree with some of the aspects, you may have some follow-up questions. Go ahead and do that. Hit uh, star six, and, and I would love to talk to you more. All right, who's going to be the first one in the queue here? Don't, don't make me call. Don't make me call on somebody. While we're while we're doing, I'm going to turn I'm going to turn the recording off here in a second. <laughs>